Hey everybody, Dr. Andy Rourke here. I just wanted to touch base and let you know, guys, I got a new email address. Got a new email address. It's podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. Guys, if you have any questions, any thoughts, anything, uh, any feedback for me about the podcast, how it's going, what we could do to make it better, if there's anything going on in your practice and you're like, God, I would love some insight on this thing, send me an email. So send it in. Let me hear what you're thinking. Try to keep it short, about a paragraph, just lay out what's going on. Stephanie, I'll take a look. If it looks like it might fit in the show, like we might have time for it, we'll see what we can do. So podcast at unchartedvet.com. Now, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome. Let's get into something interesting. I have got my uh, my wingman, my Kimasabi, my partner, Stephanie. Mind on my money, money on my mind, God. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Oh, man. We got to talk. Let's talk money today, Steph. I got... um. Okay. I got something that's really interesting. So I was uh, I was visiting with some veterinarians, and they, they brought up a case that had happened in their area. It's a couple of years ago. But here's what happened. There was a pet owner who had a dog, and the dog had a dental disease and needed a tooth extraction for okay. sure. And so the veterinarian that she was dealing with was uh, in the city, and gave an estimate, and the estimate was about $1,100 for the dental procedure. And the pet owner said, oh, well, I need to look around a little bit. And she <laughs> went away, and she got some other estimates. And she talked to a veterinarian that was outside the city, uh, a more rural veterinarian. And that veterinarian told her that the tooth could be removed for under $200. Wow. Yeah, okay. and this okay. became national news in Canada. And oh, so man. Big deal. How in the world can one veterinarian charge $1,100 and another veterinarian charges $200? And what do you do if you're ever in a situation like this? Could this ever happen at your practice? How did it happen? And, and what can we do about it professionally? But what do we do about it in your clinic? What if you give an estimate and a pet owner goes and price shops and comes back and goes, how dare you charge this? And again, this was a hugely traumatic event for the vet clinic. Uh, it said national news. It was a nightmare, as you can imagine. And uh, yeah. let's so let's unpack this. What are your initial thoughts when when I just tell you that story? Oh, man, I my initial thoughts are I, I feel for the vet team. Um whoever's sitting at the front desk when that client comes in and goes, why did you quote me $1,100 when this other practice said 200? I mean, that's a, that's a really large discrepancy. I think that that's something that happens, um, albeit on a smaller scale on a regular basis in our practice. You know, we live in a time where money and convenience matters to clients. And so more and more things that may not have been price shopped in the past, you know, uh, started with spays and neuters, like where what's the, what's the best value there for for me as a client? But now we're starting to see price shopping kind of across the board. So I think it happens pretty often, and I would imagine that um, for our friends who are listening today, they're nodding their heads, going, "Oh yeah, I see that on kind of a regular basis." 
Yeah, I, I think that um, I think you're right. I think we're getting accustomed to having our smartphone in our pocket. And when yep. somebody tells us what something costs, we pop it out and say, is that reasonable or what are my other options? And we're just getting trained that way. I mean, you see something in the store and you look at Amazon to see, you know, see if you can get a better deal. Yep. And I, so. I think I think the thing that's hard about that is that we are trained that way. And if I, you know, am in the store and I see something on the shelf and I can pull out my phone and I can compare Amazon, I'm looking at the exact model number. I'm looking at the exact item and I can compare apples to apples. And I think that that is the biggest difference for veterinary care is that clients don't understand the apples to apples versus apples to oranges to them. It's the same service. If you say your pet needs a tooth extracted, they have no knowledge base, the majority of them to understand the differences. And so that's where our job as educators comes in, right? Right. Well, I I think you hit the nail on the head about why this is a big deal. It's a big deal because pet owners, they honestly don't understand the difference. And so for them in their mind, vet A is talking about $1,100 to do a thing. And vet B is talking about $200 to do the same thing. I think any of us in the profession go, those are not the same services. Like, I I don't know anything else about it other than you are not talking about the same thing. Right. Right. I, I, um, when you said that I was sitting there going, okay. And in, in my vet brain, I immediately started thinking as a technician, but as a CSR too, like, okay, I know what services are going into city vet A's estimate to some degree. And I can get, guess what services probably aren't going into country vet B's estimate. Um, there's no, there's no way that they could be including some of those things. So we know that, but it's really easy to forget that our clients don't know that. Right. Well, let's define a couple terms here, because I, I feel like we need some terms to discuss this in a way that that makes some sense. So um, gold, I think gold, most people know what gold standard is. So if we say gold standard of care. I think people know what we're talking about. So we're talking about the way you would do it at a specialty hospital. We're talking about the way the university would do this procedure. It's kind of the money is no object. Um, this is the best way. And when I say best, I mean maximum medicine. You know, sure. the. Um, the, we don't care about cost, just reduce the risks and increase the likelihood of a good outcome as high as possible. And sure. so that's gold standard. Reasonable standard, or uh, or if I just if I say standard standard of care, or if I say reasonable standard of care, what I mean is not necessarily the gold standard. Mostly, this is what the average veterinarian would agree that this is a reasonable approach to take. And okay. so you can hear how crazy subjective that is. Like, reasonable standard of care or what's the standard of care it's not written down let me be clear it's not written down anywhere there's no book of standard of care and if there was it would change all day every day sure as we you know discover new things change our approaches tweak our approaches publish new studies Uh, it just it's it's this moving target that you can't even you can't even find it's 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 a it's an opinion that is held by a certain person on a certain day, but okay. it's a reasonable standard of care. You get it. It's, it's, it's the average vet would be fine with this approach or say, yeah, that's, that's good enough in this situation. And okay. then the last thing would be substandard care. And this is a care that is not reasonable. You would say you're not helping this person. Uh, I think for me, the big thing is substandard care 
is care where you're you're doing harm. Uh, and that could be just taking this person's money to do something that is not going to work or you're damaging this animal. You're hurting this pet. You're causing pain. Uh, th those are big things for me. So that's substandard care. You're taking unnecessary risks. How okay. do you feel about those terms? Do you feel like there is a fourth layer in there between standard and substandard, though, in terms of value-driven care, where maybe you're doing the basics, you're not practicing bad medicine, but you're not you're not putting on any frills that are going to um, do the pet any good necessarily, or make it make it less uh, risky, or you know do some of the things that might be involved in this in the standard of care, but really don't fall in that substandard care well, line. I, I think that I think that what we're seeing in medicine and what we're going to continue to see in medicine is the gold standard just keeps going up. Sure. Like there has been, there has never been a time when we've said, you know what? Um, we thought this was, we thought this was the gold standard, but we've decided that's a bit over the top. Let's let's Take it back step a this down a bit. Right. That has never <laughs> happened, and it will never happen. Like right. our job as scientists is to continue to figure out better ways to do this, and it drives our technology. And there's a lot of good that comes from it. The problem is the gold standard keeps going up as far sure. as what the cost is and the technology that's involved. I mean, a, a CT scan is better in a lot of cases. Say we're looking for cancer, it's better than radiographs. And sure. an MRI is going to be better than a CT scan in a lot of cases. And, and, and we've gone from $140 to $600 to $2,000 sure. as far as the cost that goes to the client. So we just keep going up. And again, you can't critique the quality of the medicine. Um, but you can look at those costs and say, this is going up just like in human healthcare and it's not stopping. And so right. the gold standard continues to climb and, and substandard um, that I think that's climbing as well as we say, okay, we know more now we have to do better, but it's not climbing nearly as fast as, as the gold standard is running away. And now we've got this huge space between the gold standard of care and unacceptable care. And I think that that space is getting bigger. So not only would I agree that there is a space between reasonable care and substandard care where you say, eh, I don't like this treatment plan. And I think other veterinarians would agree with me about not liking this treatment plan. But right. I think that we could agree. It's not going to do any harm. We're not doing harm. And if resources are very limited, this is better than not doing anything. Right. right. We are right. helping and we're not doing harm. Right. Um, I, I think that that area exists. But I also think that the area exists between reasonable care where you say that's that's good enough. I think that this is a good, solid approach. And between gold standard, I think that area is getting bigger sure. where there's so much room for interpretation where vet A can do something that's reasonable and vet B can go, well, I would have done a bigger chemistry panel. I, I think we should have added a urinalysis onto this. Um, you know, and, and they're still far away from the gold standard, but they're playing in that space between what one veterinarian considers the standard of care and, and what you would consider the gold standard. So as my, I guess my point is just to summarize, gold standard continues to go up in price and in complexity. Um, the substandard level is going up a bit as we get better, but there's still a lot of places where we could do good without doing harm. And it's better than not doing anything at all. And I think that from a PR standpoint for our profession, this is making our lives a bit more tricky. And that's why I want to talk about this today. 
So we've got people who are offering the gold standard and they are trying to do what's best for the pets. And a lot of pet owners want the gold standard and we should all know what that gold standard is and play to it so we can do the best things possible for our pets. At the same time, we are seeing people who are playing in that lower end of the spectrum and they are people who price uh, as affordably as possible. And a lot of us look and go, I don't know about that quality of care. And those people are beloved by pet owners. And sure. so, you know, we see this with, I'm going to go ahead and really get us in trouble. You see this with like, the, I call it the <laughs> Dr. Pole problem. And so the right. incredible Dr. Pole, right. if right. you're a vet and you attack Dr. Pole, you're going to get clobbered because right. pet owners love Dr. Pole. Right. And they right. love the idea of a veterinarian that is making care affordable for the pets or for the pet owners. And they don't understand these shades of gray and this this space between gold standard and substandard. If the outcome is good and they paid very little money, a lot of them go, that veterinarian is a saint. Sure. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of us vets pull our hair out where you go, that was especially the substandard of care. And 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 so I think that we find that frustration. I think that's what's happening here is is a lot of pet owners look at the two hundred dollar vet and say, that's the only honest person. Right. In this conversation, and sure. we say, uh, I don't want to throw that guy under the bus. That's the problem, too. So, you know, as we're talking about our terms, I think the vets, if you're practicing substandard care, if you're causing pain, if you're doing harm, if you're taking people's money and doing things that is that is voodoo snake oil medicine, right. that's not OK. Right. And so I, I think we should throw that out and say at some point there is a standard where you say, I'm sorry, sir, you are doing harm and right. that is not OK. But I think once you get over that standard, now we're in this big gray zone. And so I that's a long answer to say, yes, I think the problem that we're seeing from a communication standpoint is the gold standard gets higher and higher. The substandard doesn't move all that much. And the shades of gray in between are just getting more and more um, important. So if there's a bigger gulf happening between the substandard, the standard, and one on the top end between gold and standard as well. What do we do as veterinary teams to try and educate our pet owners, right? Because I think that's that's the challenge that we're faced with every day um, at the front desk, in the exam room, on the phone when we're trying to explain things to clients. Like, how do we how do we um, educate them? without trying to throw anybody else under the bus, but but get them to understand why there there realistically is a discrepancy between a two hundred dollar tooth extraction and eleven hundred dollar tooth extraction estimate. Cause in their mind, they're just seeing, you told me the tooth needs to come out. I've been told two hundred dollars and eleven hundred dollars. That gulf is is massive. How do we br- how do we bridge the gap? Yeah. I so I think you went ahead and touched on the first part is I, I don't think we can throw each other under the bus. I I would be really interested in what the guy's doing for $200. I just can't get my head. Honestly, I can't get my head around how you do dental surgery for $200. Like I, I'm like, I'm just, I'm sitting here with a piece of paper trying to figure out like, I don't, I don't understand what that looks like. Um, so, so I've struggled, I struggle with that, but I would be, I would be interested in, in, in what the person, what the estimate was exactly for. Let's, but let's assume that we're not in the malpractice 
substandard of care region. So maybe we sure. say, and, and again, I don't, I don't know what the guy was charging. I, I don't, and I don't want to cast aspersions. Let's, it's easier for me to say, let's assume that vet one uh, said it was $1,100 and vet two said it was $500. And I go, okay. okay, now we're getting a place where it's like, I think I can probably guess the difference between what was being offered at vet clinic one and vet clinic two. Like I, I get that. So 200 bucks is just hard for me to get my head around. Let, let's just say it's 500. So, okay. Okay. So the first thing, and you already hit on is, we, we shouldn't be throwing other people under the bus. I think as a profession, we have to come to the realization that we are going to be differentiating ourselves as that gulf gets bigger between gold standard and, and substandard, we sure. are going to be spreading out. And you are going to have vet clinics that want to be, they're going to focus on affordable care. Like that is sure. going to be their go-to. And you're sure. going to have clinics that are going to focus on the gold standard of care. And you're going to have every tier in between. Mm -hmm. I think that what we're going to have to do is first get okay with the idea that I'm not going to always win the price battle. Yes. Um, I'm not going to be the cheapest unless my goal is to be the cheapest, you know, and, and people are always going to be able to say, oh, I found someone else who could do it cheaper. We, yes. We've just got to be okay with that. Do you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, I think, um, for me in, in practice, I have noticed, um, over the, over the last few years, but really over probably the last two years, um, in, at least in, in my clinic, there's definitely, um, some retraining of our brains across the team from, from the doctors down to the team to feel like I don't have to feel guilty if this client doesn't accept our recommended care because, it's okay. We're not going to be, um, we're not going to be a right fit for everybody. And as long as we are practicing the type of medicine, um, the standard of medicine, as long as we're practicing the standard of client care that we as a team feel is important, it's okay if somebody says, listen, I, I need to go have the $500 dental that we have to, I think it starts with being okay with that our, ourselves. And that's a, that's a retraining of our brain, right? Because we, we have, um, we have grown up thinking we have to be all things to all people. We have to be able to serve our clients and our patients. And there's, um, you know, if we're, if somebody walks out of our building and, and doesn't feel like we can treat their pet, then we're, we're bad people and there's something wrong with that. So I think I have seen a shift to that, especially in the last few years of just looking at the team and talking about that and saying, listen, guys, it's okay. If, if we do our job and we explain to them why we believe in the standard of care that we do. And the answer for them is still, yes, I, I understand that. And I'm going to seek care somewhere else that, that has to be okay. Right. At some point. I don't know. I think it's got, I think, I think it's gotta be okay. I mean, it, it really, and I hate comparing us to other industries in some ways, but I mean, imagine that, that we were going to go out for lunch and you said, hey, I'm going to go to Panera. And I sure. would I would look at you and say, hey, I've got two kids and my wife. It cost me $55 to have lunch at Panera. Right. I think we're going to hit up Burger King. Um, right. I, that's not bad. I'm not bashing Panera. It's just the kids, all they want is cheeseburgers anyway. Right. And, and this is just where I am. And so I don't think any of us would be offended. Like, oh, my God how could you not go to Panera or Panera is bad? Look, if that's your jam and you're in that place, then go and enjoy your Panera. But, right. but that's just not where I am. And, right. so, and this is so the same thing is true with us. So um, I think we've got to get accepting that this is, this segmentation is going to continue to happen. Sure. All right. And, and we can't be all things to all people. The number one thing that's going to keep you out of trouble, right? So if you're sitting there and you're sweating and you're like, Oh my God, 
what happens when someone gets a, uh, uh, an estimate from that clinic down the road. And you know exactly what clinic I'm talking about. Yeah. There's a clinic that popped into your mind. And you're like, oh. Hashtag guy. truth. Yeah, exactly. you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got a picture in your head. Uh-huh. And so there's someone's going to get an estimate from that guy. And they're going to come in and they're going to be furious. And um, the, th- the number one thing that will keep you out of trouble is practice with integrity. Yeah. And I just I put integrity. I just love the phrase integrity above all else. If you're doing the medicine, at your practice, you believe in You're like, look, I saw that dog's dental disease. This is what I believe should be done. This is the level of care we provide here. This is what I would do for my own dog. Then really everybody else could kind of go to hell. <laughs> you know, pardon me. It, it's and again, it doesn't make them bad. Doesn't make them wrong. But I told you what I thought you should do. And I meant it. And I believed it. And this is what I would do for my dog. Yep. then you are on the most defensible platform you can possibly be on. If you're recommending medicine you don't agree with, believe in, you wouldn't do for your own pet, now we're starting to get into places where we go, oh, this might end badly, or, or I'm at least going to feel a lot of guilt and a lot of shame for this because maybe I pushed things in a way that I shouldn't have. So that sort of integrity and practicing what you preach and preach what you practice I, yep. I think that right off the bat is a big thing. If you're recommending these things for other people's pets, man, you should be doing them for your own pet. You yep. should. And if you're not interested in doing them for your own pet, we need to we need to think about what we're doing here, right? So, yep. so in, practice with integrity. We're not bashing anybody else. So those are the things I put on on the table first, and like that's that's just getting started. And then when the person comes in, problem. This needs to be your standard operating procedure: is lead with your why. Mm-hmm. Don't give this person estimate and just be like, "Yep, that tooth needs to be uh, needs to come out." Here's an and estimate, here's your, right? And you've got a full mouth cleaning in there. You've got dental radiographs. You've got um, post uh, preoperative and postoperative pain medication. You're doing nerve blocks and dental blocks. You're doing a darn good job. You cannot hand them an estimate and say, "Here's what it takes to get that tooth out." You have just uh, you've just told them that they're going to pay you. X amount of dollars to take the tooth out. In reality, you're giving them so much more. Yep. And there's a reason that you're recommending these things. We have got to articulate that. Yep. I think that that's totally true. And um, it's it's funny when you were telling me about this case and I was reading um, some of the articles on the, on the coverage, I immediately thought about um, a situation that I came across at the front desk in my practice just the last couple of weeks where... I had a client um, come in and um, she was asking for a copy of her records and we had a newer CSR at our front desk and she kind of had that deer in the headlights look. The client was calm, but definitely was um, very forward with her. And um, so I, you know, popped in and said, how, how can I help? And um, it turns out that this client was the, like the case that you're describing. So it was an older senior patient. Um, there was severe dental disease. I pulled up the chart and just from the doctor's description. I could smell that mouth. Like I could just <laughs> smell it from the description. Right. And, um, and it needed some known, it had some known slab fractures. There was definitely not only disease, but, um, oral surgery that was going to need to happen in this mouth. And the client was like, well, I want a copy of my records because I got a treatment plan from another clinic. And like you said, I immediately knew what clinic it was. It popped into my head 
because she said, and they told me to take the tooth out, it was going to cost, you know, 250 or $300. And the, I had looked, I had opened the treatment plan in the computer and the treatment plan that we had given her, um, you know, the low end of our treatment plan with oral surgery was $800. And our range was, I don't know, up to 1600 or something like that. Um, and she was just like, I just, it appalls me that there's such a wide discrepancy and, and I'm going to take my business somewhere else. And I said, you know, I, I completely understand your frustration. And, um, you know, I said, I, I would love to talk to you about making sure that you understand why we recommended what we recommended. And she kind of paused right off the bat. And she was just like, oh, okay. And she said, well, it was my husband who was here for the visit and he just brought the treatment plan home. Uh-huh. And so I said, okay, okay. I was like, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this. I just, you know, but I said, I, I am happy to make you a copy of your records. I completely understand if you need to seek care elsewhere. I just wouldn't feel like I was doing my job if I didn't feel like you understood why we recommended what we recommended. And so I went through it with her and I, I broke down the treatment plan. I broke down what the doctors had seen at the visit. I talked about the level of disease present in the mouth. We talked about their concerns for oral surgery. I said, you know, we already know that there's going to be some oral surgery here. And so I said, when we're looking at at dentistry, I said, it's it's really two separate pieces. And she had no comprehension. Just like you said, in her mind, all she heard was a tooth needs to be extracted. And at one location, that's going to cost me two or $300. And at another location, that's going to cost me 800 to 1600 or beyond. It wasn't about the tooth being extracted. What the treatment plan we had given her was comprehensive oral care. It was, it was, um, you know, the full mouth ac- digital x-rays, the pre and post-op x-rays, if we needed to do extractions, the complete oral health assessment, the scaling, the polishing, all of the things that go into our normal base dental profi package, right? So we all know that there's a level of care involved with dentistry there. And then the secondary piece of that was the oral surgery. And those are two separate things. She had no, no idea All she knew was that a tooth needed to come out. And so I asked her, I said, you know, do you have a copy of the treatment plan that you were given? And she said, oh, you know, I think I think I have a copy of it in my bag. And I said, well, you know, I I would love to talk to you about that and look at what what they're including so that you can know the pieces of that that were included in ours. And so when we looked at it, she did get a two or three hundred dollar estimate. But what she was looking at was literally just the tooth extraction. So when we looked at the piece of our estimate that was the oral surgery, the prices were pretty comparable, but it was all of the other things that were bundled together um, in our package that was holistic care and not just let me take out that tooth that we know has a slab fracture that made the difference. And she had no idea and nor should she, she doesn't have the training or the education that we do. It's our job. And that's where I feel like we maybe failed her, maybe not, because the husband came in and we told him all of the same things we told her, you know, whether it went in one ear or out the other, or he didn't have a have the ability to explain that to her, who knows. But we all know that those things happen every single day, right? We see the husband, not the wife, or we see the wife with the kids in the exam room, and it's chaos, and she's only listening to a quarter of what we say. We have to do um, a good job of trying to, to break it down for those clients. Right. So I immediately empathized with the practice that you're talking about. And, and when I was reading it, because I thought we see that every day in our practice and that's where we need to focus our attention. Um, no matter what standard of care, as long as we're not practicing, if truly our goal is to practice really value driven, 
um, care and our goal is to be the lowest price, then I think that the clinic who had given her the treatment plan really did a good job because they were like, yep, we can take that tooth out and this is the price. And that was it. That was all, that was all that was included. And so they did their job. They said, we're going to take it out. This is our price for it. No frills, no, you know, if you want to do other things, here are the add-ons. Where we in that middle level in the shades of gray have to focus our attention is on the education about what we believe and what our why is. We have to lead with that because otherwise all they're going to hear is that top end price. No, I, so I agree with all that. So let me just pause here and say, this is why you're amazing. I mean, this is why you're the original practice management goddess. Um, You, you nailed it. I mean, you, you nailed it. So let me, for viewers at home, <laughs> let me, I want to be the color commentator on Stephanie's, uh, uh, amazing performance here so so let me let me break down what you did and you can see if you agree with this or not so um because you because you crushed it this is exactly the conversation so the pet owner comes in and they're upset they're like i got this estimate here and i got another estimate and you're so much more expensive and i cannot yeah. believe this. i want my records i'm going to go elsewhere so here's what stephanie did and this is this is this is textbook is how you do it okay so the first thing you do is listen to what they're saying. You engage with the pet owner. You don't get mad. You don't get defensive. Say, mm-hmm. So tell, tell me what's going on. How can I help? And that's exactly what you do. You've got to be patient and you, and don't interrupt. Yep. And, you, mm-hmm. and you feel that immediate. You, you want to defend yourself, right? Right. You feel like, especially if they're in, it sounds like this client was very good about being restrained. And some clients are not. They're agitated. They, exactly. They're, they're, and they go and they immediately, they attack you or they attack you right. at a moral level. Which right. sets a lot of us off. Like you can say that my clinic is dirty if you want. It's not. But you can say it is. You can say that I am uh, not the best doctor. But if you call me a liar, if you right. say that I'm trying to rip you off, right. that affects me at a different level because you're, you're attacking my character. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we do get that. So this may sound easy. It's, it's not. Um, but it's a skill. You have got to be patient. You have got to listen um, I recommend sort of jotting down some notes if they start really telling you a story just to make sure that they, they feel heard. Don't interrupt them. I had an old an old vet told me one time, never interrupt someone who's angry. Everybody has to breathe. And he, he just means at some point they're going to stop talking. <laughs> it's true. But just it's let totally them go. True. Do not interrupt them. I love let that. them go and listen. And then after they've sort of said their piece and we have listened, we've heard them, do not respond. Now we go into our clarifying questions, which is exactly what you do. Is there an estimate that you have that I could see? Just genius. That's the first question that I have is, and I want to be nice about it. I'm not like, no, I don't believe you. Show me something in writing. It's not that. Right. It's, I want to understand. Yep. Do you have something from the other clinic? Do you have an estimate that I can see? God, your yep. question of, um, can I just talk to you about why we recommended what we recommended. That's a beautiful question. I love that wording because it's not backing down. I'm not saying, oh, you know, let me change what I said. Because as soon as you start frantically backing down, you look guilty as all. Sure. So, you know, can I talk to you about why we recommended what we did? Oh, well, yeah, that would be great. I didn't get to hear it. My husband heard it. And now we're starting to make inroads, you know. Right. You and I have the same questions about the about the differences in care. I fully expect that what happened in the case we laid at the beginning is exactly what happened here, where she said, how much to get this tooth taken out? And they said, we will take the tooth out 
And they right. literally meant that is all right. that we will do. Right. Mm-hmm. And they gave a price versus yeah. when I'm looking at a dog who's got terrible oral disease and they're painful and they have a tooth that obviously needs to come out. We need to get the rest of that mouth cleaned. And right. honestly, we need to do some investigating because there's probably other teeth in there that right. are equally painful. We just can't see it or right. they will become painful. And I'm not doing you any favors by not looking for those teeth and taking them out if they need to come out or, you know, or, or looking for periodontal disease under the gum line. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not helping you if I don't tell you, hey, this is what we should do. So asking those questions, can we walk you through it? Can I explain what we did or why we made this estimate and just get the why back out on the table? I, I think that that's the exact approach. And I would just say, really, beware. If you get caught here, beware of dropping your prices or m- scrambling to try to make this person happy. Yes. Because you run a real risk of looking like you were trying to take them when you made your first estimate. Yes. Right. Yes. If you start dropping your prices, and they don't understand why you did what you did at the beginning, they're going to assume that you it really was a comparison of apples to apples and right. you got caught. And now you're trying to make them happy so that they don't slam you on Yelp. And that's not probably the case. And it shouldn't be the case. It's not the case. But know that your job is not justifying the price. Your job is getting them to understand the difference in the service that you are providing compared to the other services they have been quoted. Yes, 100%. And so it's it's funny, you totally just hit the, the nail on the head to the back half of the story, which was that we went through all of this and she stopped me and she said, um, you know, I, I, I stopped, I shut up and I let her talk. And she said, thank you. She said, I, I didn't understand that. And, and I absolutely understand it. And then she launched into... The rest of the story, which was that her and her husband were retired military, they were on a fixed income, um, they're, you know, they're not getting paid right now, they're, um, with the, the with the shutdown, they're, they're strapped for money, and she's like, you know, I want him to not be in pain, I want to take care of this, and I just don't know that I can afford all of this right now, and so, you guys... Sh- sh- me shutting up and listening to that piece and and giving her the safety to feel like she could share that opened up the door to the next conversation, which was, well, did we talk to you about care credit? Do you have pet insurance? Um, do, have we told you about scratch pay and some of the other options that we offer in the clinic for payment plans? Because it wasn't about that she didn't want to spend the money. It was that she doesn't have the money right now. And she sees her pet in pain. She's been told that there's a tooth that needs to be extracted. She wants to deal with that. And she's looking for the most affordable way for her to do that right now. But when she understood the difference in care and then we had the conversation about, OK, here are the things that we can do to try and help you obtain that that service right now and pay for it, it was a completely different conversation. And I think too often we just get caught up in that, like you said, feeling attacked and feeling like, well, this is our price. We stand behind it. Go ahead and seek care elsewhere that we miss a lot of those opportunities to have those conversations and really hear what it is that they need and truly serve their needs. And at the end of the day, if it was in the best interest of her pet to go and get a tooth extracted somewhere else and and, um, you know, that was the price she could afford, I would have I would have been okay with that. Uh, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity f- to explain to her why we wanted to do the care that we wanted to do and what we as a clinic could do to make that care more accessible to her right now. I, I, yeah, I think you're spot on. The last thing that I would say is 
I always say that we should stand behind our prices. We should price things as they need to be priced. Um, and, and we should be fair with people. Mm-hmm. And then we should say, this is, this is what, what we do. And this is what we need to do. Yep. You gave us a great example of not getting wrapped up in that because if you defend your prices without differentiating your service, then essentially you come off looking like someone who's like, I don't care what other people charge. This is what I charge to do that thing. And it's five times more than somebody else. Right. And that's not, that's just not the, that's not the conversation here. That's not the truth. The truth is, you know, our prices are, are, we try to make them fair. Let me explain to you the difference in the service that you're getting. And so they're going to try to make it about money because that's what veterans understand. It's our job to make it about service. Yep. A hundred percent. All right, man. Well, thanks for talking it through with me. Yeah, thanks. This is a good one. Oh, I enjoy it. All right. Talk to you later on. Okay, take care. And that's what we've got today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. Please uh, take some time. Write us a review if you're getting this podcast from iTunes. Tell your friends. Help us spread the word so that we can help more people. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you soon.